Yeah. So like that side of my family, there's always been like this Western cousins and stuff like doing pro rodeo. But then on the other hand, I had like older brothers that are total punk rockers with like a half, we had like a half pipe in the backyard. So I grew up in this yeah. weird thing where like to me, those two worlds were always just kind of normal, you know? Whenever I need music gear, I always go to Sweetwater.com. If it's mics, headphones, or studio and recording gear, Sweetwater has you covered. Next time you need any music gear, support the podcast by using the link in the description and comment section below. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's always fascinating to me how you hear when you casually find a band. Yeah, yeah. You know, and was like, you know, how do you do that? You know, I love, and then I reheard uh, Spirit World from uh, a, mu- a mutual friend, Mike Gitter. Oh, you, you gotta, you gotta check out this this band called Spirit World, and they 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 combine, you know, thrash, death metal, and western. And I was like, oh, I just heard them and saw like like, like the artwork like a few months prior. I think a, a death western just dropped, and I just, just randomly saw it. And it's, I don't even know how you do that. Like when you just randomly see a banner or come across an artist, you know, for, I mean, first off, like the band name Spirit World is perfect. It's sick. Love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, that's, that's the hardest thing when you, when you combine two, two words, simple words, and then you just combine them. Those, those tend to stick a lot. Yeah, and I, you know, it's important to me, like, trying to do this project because I ripped that straight from Young Guns. And so, like, really? I ha- yeah, I had the oh, idea. Wow. And so, like, on our demo, like, the original pressing of it, it, like, starts with, like, a sample from Young Guns where it's like, why aren't they killing us? It's when they're, like, tripping on peyote uh, going through this Indian village. Yeah. And they're like, why aren't they killing us? We're in the spirit world, asshole. They can't see us. And so. Really? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I just, like, ran ran with the uh the whole western thing like i kind of had that thought out before so of course it's funny now like couple you know two three years in especially with the artwork and now that we're touring more mm-hmm. i get a lot of people that are just like the combination of like thrash and western and horror and all this like that's the thing that i think separates a band the most and that was the hardest idea to come up with you know what i mean like yeah to get excited to do a project when i put all that together Mm-hmm. Like the most thought went into, you know, the aesthetic and like how do I build some sort of world, you know? It, it looks, sounds, like the whole like the whole thing is very, you could tell it's very well thought out, you know? And it's, I mean, and for you, I mean, I, I assume it goes very deep. I mean, you're like, like your bloodline and your lineage, like, like, like your parents came from Texas and then moved to Nevada. I'm not sure how close they moved to, uh, to uh, Vegas. Yeah, they were... Um, when my on my mom's side, that that's like the cowboy side of my family. Mm. They came up from Texas, and it was um, 
probably in the 30s, 40s. And so okay. a couple hours north of Las Vegas, they had a ranch out there that um, they were cattle in. It was just a working, like, cowboy ranch for, like, as my mom grew up. So when my grandfather passed away, like, she was left that and they sold it. Then she met my dad and kind of, like, mid-60s, moved to Vegas. Oh, But okay. for, like, a big chunk of time, like, she grew up, like, walking to, like, a little schoolhouse, like, like prairie land shit, like, mm. total just hillbilly. Yeah. So, like, that side of my family... Um, there's always been like this Western, like, uh, you know, cousins and stuff like doing pro rodeo. But then on the other hand, I had like older brothers that are total punk rockers with like a half, we had like a half pipe in the backyard. So I grew up in this weird thing where like, to me, those two worlds were always just kind of normal, you know, it's like you get in the car with mom, listening to Johnny Cash and George Jones. And then if. My older brother gets in. It's like Misfits, Social D, Slayer. (laughs) It's so like being like little, like you don't know what any of that is. And then as I got like, I got super into punk rock and hardcore and stuff. And then you realize how weird that is to grow up in a family where it's like, those are like the two things I was most excited about musically, like country and like super underground shit, you know? Yeah, it's crazy how that this subconsciously, like, just kind of stuck with you. you Yeah. It's weird. And you have that, like, uh, it's kind of like the um, push and pull, because at one point, like, I definitely got way away from, like, reading Westerns and kind of getting, like, just wasn't as excited about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years goes by, and you revisit it, and you're even more Mm -hmm. excited, you know? And country music, too. Like, I've never liked stuff like the pop country stuff but like the old honky tonk outlaw country and then Mm -hmm. i was lucky enough like i caught that wave of all country bands so i followed that as closely still do as i do like thrash and death metal so it's like Mm -hmm. having a band where i can like subtly combine all the things i like in a way that still fits in with like the heavy metal hardcore thrash scene is pretty pretty cool you know it sounds like you like discovered it because I mean you, you print out demos and uh, singles from 2017 to then you have the demo Viper Blood Spirit World you could like and then you drop your first record Pagan Rhythms and there, that's obviously like you know a massive jump yeah yeah so is that like were you like like revisiting the, these memories from like your childhood like, like like around there I I think what it was was I just decided I wanted to do a really I wanted to make a record, not really be in a band that was like functional, like with bandmates and touring. Sure. But I had this idea of like, I want to put a lot of energy into um, like making a really good record. And I was going to do more of like a punk rock country thing, like the demo. Mm -hmm. And I had like a bunch of it written. But as I started learning how to like demo and like track shit, started Mm -hmm. building out a little studio. Mm -hmm. As soon as I could, like um, I had Easy Drummer. (laughs) <laughs> like easy drummer too and like i started going through the loops and then i'm like buying packs and i start like i got um matt from hate breed put out a like a drum loop pack oh right? the, the, the fucking drum loop packs dude those dude, are incredible i wasn't good at like doing the midi but then i got like a drum loop pack from him and um he had one yeah and it had like a couple like simple breakdowns that oh, i could just dude. steal so he had like i just basically that was it so then i'm like playing a guitar and all I'm playing is heavy ass shit. And so I just like one 
180. Took a U-turn, wrote Pagan Rhythms super hard, just all death metal, thrash, hardcore, and whatever, you know? And now it's like it's grown into its own thing. Like we're about to go tour with Sepultura and like... I saw that. In the summer, like the Europe festival run we got going is just like... Wow. Yeah. And it's only been a couple of years, you know? It's like... um, it's funny how an idea, like, just change your mind, do something, put everything into it, and it bears fruit pretty quick, you know? Yeah, I mean, just it just looks like you put a lot of time into it. A lot. Yeah. From, man. like, from like your first record, like, 2001, and then less than two years later, I mean, you have, you know, Death Western, and then, obviously, you're doing all these tours, and you're already in Europe with, like, a, Obituary and Agnostic Front, and you have all, all these tours, and now you're touring with uh Sepultura and creator that's in uh june right yeah june. that one is uh that's like in may june like um full u.s crazy death angels on it too oh just yeah like, sick dude like, Fuck. holy shit dude yeah, man. isn't that crazy how like you're you just make a simple decision and then like the course of your life just changes you know yeah and it's uh because i was gonna do it as a studio project and i was like i'm gonna write a couple heavy records some like country some punk rock just do whatever i want with no, like, not even getting into the industry stuff, you know? Hmm. Like, the idea was just to make the records, put them out, and then maybe I would just go do some festival runs if it, you know, took off. And the next thing you know, it's like, I got to get the band together. It's like, we're going on tour with Obituary. We played our first show, like, um, it's been just over a year. Like, and in that time... That's it, man. Are you serious? Yeah, we played a couple with like off the demo stuff where we didn't play any heavy stuff because I hadn't written any of the metal yet mm-hmm. a couple years ago. But our third show ever was like a year ago. So playing the Dude. metal stuff, like we learned the set. Decibel brought us out for the uh, L.A. Decibel Metal and Beer Fest. Yeah, and it was like Converge doing Jane Doe oh, one my night. Goodness, like Dude. so that was show number one. It's just like. Okay, and then a month or six weeks after that, we're on the road with Obituary. Just like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's kind of like built up like naturally. Like 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 the sound is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you didn't even like, there's no pretense at first to have like like the sound and then you kind of like, when the sound was developing, it is kind of, yeah, it's, then you use, all right, that, that, like this is it. Yeah, it still is to an extent. Like, I'm writing the third record right now, and I finally know exactly, like, what it's going to sound like. I mm. haven't, like... Because I am i don't do... Um, I get... In my older bands and stuff, like, getting in a room with all your best friends, trying to, like, write riffs, mm-hmm. I just was so tired of that approach that I... <laughs> for for good, good reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great. Like, the energy of that is sure. fantastic. Like, it's fun, but, mm-hmm. like, that when you leave that room and like you have a great riff, then you come back the next day and it just isn't the same. And then I hate that. So I just Mm -hmm. like, I like to just write, get the ideas, do it all. So like write the drums, write the guitars, write all the vocals. And then like um, the next record I'm doing, like I'm combining more crazy influences into it where it's just going to be like, like I feel like this is probably the idea that I should have had on the first one. But you sure. need to like you need to write the songs, play the shows, tour before it really like you kind of understand where you're where you're headed, you know. Of course. So I feel like this new one I'm working on, I want to have want to have it written before we leave for Sepultura and get it so I can get in the studio and be. Whoa. Well, I I, I mean everybody takes several years to do records, but I'm 
I'm on the other tip. Like I'm pretty inspired. I'm trying to, I'm trying to knock shit out of the park, you know? Yeah. And I mean, for you, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're like the, you are the main songwriter. I mean, all of it, like 95% plus, I mean, and that's a, dude, it's, you have to like, you locking yourself in the room because you're, I mean, it seems like do all this music. I mean, you're already working on a third record, but you're a very prolific dude. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I had a gap where I, like, I still played guitar and like did a lot of stuff. Like I was writing songs, but I didn't share anything. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel a little bit of pressure of, um, like now I'm like, I have the, I got Century Media behind us. Yeah. We're giving them three records. So I'm like, it's going to be on them to pump the brakes. Like they're going to get a record turned in and then they have in the contract oh however long to turn it in. So if they want to wait, they're going to have it. You know what I mean? So if they want to push the release, I'm going to try and have it done. I'd like to get it out summer 2024. Be like, that's it. I like trilogies, man. Trilogies are like horror movies, Western. So I'm going to do these three metal records, like, you know, get it while it getting's good. Yeah. Especially, and you got to take advantage of when, and when you're inspired, you got to take advantage yeah. of it, dude. And I got, yeah. like, my buddy Sam Pura that um, engineers and produces our records. Like, mm-hmm. me and him work really close together on this stuff, so we both yeah. have, like, the idea for the next record. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to get it um, get it while it's hot, you know? Oh, my goodness, dude. I, I had a question, like, uh, you know, the record's been out for uh, a few months. How how you been feeling? And obviously, well, it seems like you're just, well, you're just bragging more. <laughs> well, I just, I actually don't, I, I don't know, man. It's, I listen and I'm so involved in it. By the time it comes out, like, I can't really listen to it anymore. I'd like, and when yeah. I do, I'm like, I just hear the things that I nitpick. Of course. And so it's cool that everybody likes it. And it's getting a great response. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. But the honest answer is like, I'm over that shit. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that like, <laughs> of course. listens back. Like, I don't listen to Pagan Rhythms anymore. Like, once I finally get them in the can, it's like, yeah, I want to write the next thing that like shits all over those records. So I, I'm yeah. kind of like never happy with the, um, whatever I just did, it's great. But like, I'm trying to do the. That's that, that, that's the way it is, man. Yeah. You got to like, uh, it's, like it's, it's that blessing is like a curse. Like you're like, oh, you're always hungry. Yeah, and it's the creative thing is the best part. Like, I like when you just come up with the cool, whether it's a riff or a melody, whatever that is, like, that's my favorite part of all this. When it's like, one second, you're playing guitar, nothing comes out, and you're just like, I fucking suck. Like, why do I even bother? There's nothing. Yeah. And then, like, the next day, Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. I don't know how it happens exactly. Sometimes the guitar, like, I have a Telecaster I do most of my writing on. Mm -hmm. Not a very metal guitar, but, like, it just feels like great you know that, that's one thing i loved when i started doing research i'm like plays a fender telly i'm in oh well, i mean just i mean, just when like before the research i like listening to like a discography just going so i went right when i heard the first demo that's a you just know that's the fender telecaster yeah yeah and then like and then like yep. the, then like the, then, the, then the second one and then the other single and did you use a did you use that same telly for uh pagan rhythms no on that we um all of that, because I like on the demos, it was written with the telly, and I like did the demos of Pagan Rhythms. But then when we tracked it for real, that was all with um, a Jim Root. It was a Fender. He has that. Um, oh God, I don't know what it is. That's like flat black, like heavier than fuck. It's just yeah. like you get like 
break down doors with that thing. Is he like the Strat or the Jazz Master? It was a Jazz Master. Oh, I think. great. Um, Sam Pura has one. I think when he was doing the 100th record or something, they had a mm-hmm. Fender deal. So he was like, great. got the artist price or some shit. Great. So I like, I touched that thing and was like, oh, that's the rhythm tone right there. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was a, uh, he's got a couple guitars. We usually use his stuff when we record just because they're set up and like mm-hmm. good to go. And he's an Evertune guy, which I hate. And so, like, part of the, like, recording thing, the give and take, yeah. I like really, like, clear pop productions. And yeah. his work with, like, Story So Far and 100th and, like, bands in his discography where I listen yeah. back and I'm like, oh, my God, it's so clean and, like, punchy and big. Mm-hmm. I want to do that, but, like, with thrash. And so part of that is, like, me, even though I hate using the Evertunes, like, quad tracking, meticulously doing it yeah. piece by piece and I'm like it takes all the fun out of recording mm-hmm. but I'm getting closer to like that guitar tone on a record that's in my head you know yeah like that journey is still like I oh, think I'm gonna hit it on the next record I'm yeah. sure everybody says that but like sure. I, I, I get it. it's like in your head and you, you try to get it on the fucking record it's like why isn't it sounding like it yeah it sounds in my head and then that makes you go to the next record and so on and so on yeah, it, you know? and I like that too. Like the recording and the creating part is by far my favorite. Like playing shows is fun. Like there's that, mm-hmm. it's exciting or whatever, and like yeah. makes you feel good. But the fun part is like dialing in like the the guitar tone, and you're like, I did it. But this then I it. listen to it too much, and then and like, like now I listen. Now. Yeah, now I, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Terrible. Now I listen to Death West, and I'm like, fucking guitar tone sucks. Like God damn it, next one, next the next one. one. What? How did you come up with the album title Death Western? I was gonna. It's a, it's a great title, man. Yeah, and it it fit into it. So it was a song title when I was writing the record. So I had it. It was just gonna be a song, and um, I think Getter asked me on like a conference call or something. It was like Century Media and like some management folks, but somebody mm-hmm. was asking me. I <laughs> somehow they somehow Getter jumped on it, and it was like a. Uh, like they pumped it as like they played Death Western, but that came about because I had like the song title, and I was like, "This is a badass song title." I don't have a riff or anything yet, but like this is a cool. Oh title. wow! And then on like a conference call when they were asking me like, "Well, what should we say the type of music is with you blending this?" I'm like, "Well, I like this song title, Death Western. That could be like the next album title, actually." And they're like, "Oh, that's perfect." And so then it kind of morphed into like them marketing and doing their thing. Where, Interesting. Like, yeah. So, so I get people asking me, like, you're creating a new genre. I'm like, pump the brakes, playboy. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But, like, that Death Western title just, uh, I don't know where it came from. Just mix and uh, death metal and it's you, though. Western. It's simple, but it, it's kind of catchy enough where it, like, it's perfect, you know? Dude, coming out with that those simple two words and putting them together, that's the hardest thing. And, dude, I, I consciously do it all the time. It's so hard to do, man. You, and you got it. Yeah, and it's hard to, like, when it happens, like, you always feel way smarter. But the truth is, like, it's a total accident, you know? It's always an accident, dude. Yeah, like, Spirit World, Death Western, and all these things fit so well together. But, like, I couldn't do it again. Like, if somebody was like, dude, you're a genius at branding and marketing. Help me. I'd be like, (laughs) I can't help you. I don't even know how I'm doing it. You know, it's just dumb luck and uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's – there's – like a parallel with you being disciplined and hard work that those ideas just kind of fall out of the sky? I think so. I, 
I spend so much more time focusing on this stuff and like the work aspect of it mm-hmm. than I mean an incredible amount of time. So to me, I feel like I work really hard and I get very little great riffs, great ideas, great mm-hmm. like visuals, but I get just enough that we need. I got an album title. I got like, you yeah. know, a cool look for the band. So it's like you only need half a dozen of these kind of great ideas. Mm-hmm. But for the time spent, it's like I I don't do it quick. I can tell you that. Like it takes me a long time of there's a lot of shitty of course. song titles, you know, that so yeah, I would yeah. say a hundred percent it's all just the maniacal amount of work that goes into trying to like mine for gold. That's it. And then you get that mm. little you get the one keeper, you know? Yeah. It's like you're mining for gold without trying. Yeah. And then you just happen, this one, you know, nugget of gold hit, hits your, you know, your mind. I don't know. We're like, what the fuck? Where did I come from? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been mining for fucking five years. <laughs> yeah. It, that's the other thing, too, is like the, um, a lot of people ask me, like, how, when I'm writing, like, because the blend of, um, like, we don't do clean singing or anything, but we're not like, we don't sound like everybody else, but we do have, like, I guess we mix a few different, like, underground genres that people don't typically mix yeah. the way that we do. And I'm just like, that's just the shit I like, you know? Like, number one, I'm just a fan. So trying to write yeah. a record that I will truly love mm-hmm. is the goal. And then I love, like, old obituary, like Slayer. But I also grew up, like, through that golden age of hardcore where, like, shit like hate breed, Strife, yeah. like, that stompy, like, era. I love that stuff. And so, like, combining all those things to me is just, it's easy because that's mm-hmm. the stuff I like, you know? Yeah. It seems like you never compromise your vision at any point. Well, which... the when you cut out all the, that's why I don't like getting in a room and writing or, like, any of that stuff because it's, I just want to do what I want to do, you know? As selfish yeah. as that sounds, it's like. Sometimes you got to do it, man. Yeah, you and know? it's, like, I'm doing it for me at the end of the day, like. I didn't plan on doing a whole lot with this band, and it just so happens that, like, all these opportunities pop up that I'm taking advantage of, but it's like I would still be making these records with or without Century Meter or anybody. You know what I mean? Like, which sounds weird to, like, because some people need to, like, tour or get, like, that kind of um, fanfare or something out of it, you know, Mm -hmm. money or, like, get a business, but mm-hmm. I really like records, man. Like like you said, when you stumble on a band that you like, yeah, I do that every week. I just like am constantly looking for finding like I need that new song, that new band. Yeah. And that's like just a part of my life for so long. It's, I don't know. So I try and make that band, I try and be that band, you know? Yeah. I want to be the band that if I found, I would literally just like have to call my brothers, my best friends and be like, holy shit, dude, this is the band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're young and you like feel that passion about music. Oh, yeah. And so it's cool. It, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Like it's rare when a band really kicks my teeth in where I'm just mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. Yeah. But like that's kind of the goal too is like I want to be that band for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're very similar in that way where like we like just create your – try to create your own favorite band. Yeah. You know? It sounds simple, but – It's I, not. Yeah, it's, yeah. It sounds, you know, stupid. But yeah, when you just try to do your, oh man, try to try to get that sound out, out of your head, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And I was just listening to a lot. Like I said, I heard the pod with um, Dino on it, but I've been going back listening to Fear Factory oh, wow. quite a bit over the last year. And 
Like, I remember being in high school, they toured with Slayer, and all my friends went to this show in Boise Mm -hmm. and came back and were just like, Fair Factory fucking blew Slayer off the stage. And I was Mm. just like, go fuck yourself. Like, no way. And for whatever, like, when you're young and you just can't, like, really get into something, I just, like, could not really truly love Fear Factory until later. And now, Mm. like, I keep going back to their first, like, three records, and I'm just like fucking incredible god what a fucking band over and over like i don't know so i i i think i do that too where it's like you go back to things that 20 years ago people were telling me this is the best this is this is the band mm. and i was too stupid or obtuse whatever you know sure. to hear it then and then you you know it's cool to go back home like oh wow why why did i not love this back then yeah you and know? i i think as you grow up too you just stop ever hating on anything because you know like maybe i can't hear it now but Mm -hmm. i know myself and in 10 years this could be my favorite record so that's generally what i say if someone tries to turn me on to something i'd be like cool like i can't hear it right now but maybe you know i'm open at some point this could be my shit you know yeah dude i I remember in high school like there was uh everyone was jamming dystopia and I just didn't get it back then. But now it's like, you know, I, I turn in my 30s, love dystopia, obsessed with, yeah. obsessed with dystopia. It's so weird how like your, yeah, your, uh, your taste can, can change and uh, evolve. Yeah. You man. know? And I think it's cool too if you're open to it. That's where like when you're young and you're, you know, you shut yourself off because you're only like into these little narrow, yeah. narrow things, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's nice to, uh, I just like finding new shit. That like that's the main mm-hmm. thing. I like making new songs. Like I don't want to listen to the last song I did. I want to make the new one. You know, I want to find the new band. Yeah, I don't know. It's that hunt. It's like the collector syndrome. You know, you know, not a lot of people have that. Like that, this constant hunger or just constant hunting for like, new bands. I, I, it's a it's, uh, it's a special person, man. You know, I, I, if you look at a lot of your friends, like not everyone has that hunger. No, and I, I don't know. I think I've always just been like that. Like it's, um, I don't know, it's fun, you know? It is. Like it's nice. And it's that little little joy you get when you find something cool, you know? Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of like, there's a lot of the new kind of American skinhead bands going that just, oh, oh, wow. just Oi stuff that, like I love Oi, but yeah. like you go through phases where like I've heard every fucking band. You can only listen to Cox Bar Sure. So many times, but then, sure. you know, there's all this new stuff popping off, like Liberty and Justice and um, all these cool bands all over the U.S. So I've been, like, the last few months just jamming the shit out of that, too. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, and, and then you go, you go through phases. Is this, is this, is this the uh, band you're talking about? Yeah, I love Cox Bar. That's, like, I mean. It's a sick band name. Literally. <laughs> Shock Troops is one of the best albums of all time. No doubt. What's it called? Shock Troops, man, right there. Oh, wow. Oh. That's like first wave punk rock, late 70s. Late 70s? They don't get the, uh, they don't get the um, cred in the U.S. that they should, but, I mean, front to back, classic, 10 out of 10. Where, uh, where are they from? They're from England somewhere. Why, why is there a lot of great punk rock come out of England? It's, I don't know. Hard to say, man. A lot of good stuff. But there's a bunch of cool new bands. Liberty and Justice out of Houston, conservative military um, image, I think, like out of Chicago. They were newer? Yeah. Slugger, I think, is out here. And Slugger, like, what a sick fucking band. Dude, Slugger's tight, man. I don't know if you guys are like, 
whoever listens to this pod, this is a heavy pod, but this is like, I listen to a lot of stuff, man. I love punk rock, love, you know, street punk, oi, mm-hmm. all that stuff. There's, there's a lot of, you know, versions of, of heavy, man. Yeah. To, 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 to the oi stuff, the punk, the metal, the thrash. Anything underground too, like whether it's, you know, deathcore, death metal, thrash, black metal, like all that stuff, like... I don't know. I pull from all of it. I dig it, you know? It makes sense. When I, you know, when I, I listen to a spirit world, it's just, you just throw everything in there, you know? I do. And, like, um, I, that's what I mean on the new record. Like, I I found another way to blend some more of this stuff. So, Sick. like, I'm going to bring in some more of the, like, the four on the floor, catchy mm-hmm. punk rock, like, where the bridge, you bring it into more of a yeah. sing-along thing. Because I haven't been doing that. I've been doing a lot of just, like, fuck you, here's like the eight hardest riffs I wrote the last month. How do I put them together and just like yeah. beat your head in? So yeah. now I'm going to do some more, um, kind of bring some other stuff into it, you know? That explains like you, like you being so hungry and just find new bands and going back to uh, older bands. Like Spirit World has this thing where only like only a few bands have, only a few of them, where like you could kind of play any show. Like you, it's like you could go play with Agnostic Front. Then yeah. you can play with Obituary. Today you're gonna play with like a deathcore band with a of Sulfur. Like only a few bands can do that. Yeah, and the you cool know? thing is we don't fit in with anybody because we're so like we come out in like rhinestone suits, looking like a honky tonk band. And so like when we were on tour with Agnostic Front, like we're playing in like Berlin, and there's people that have been watching <laughs> Agnostic Front for thirty years. That like mm-hmm. when we walk out, the vibe is fuck this band like they're just looking at us like what is this garbage these dudes have cowboy hats on and then halfway through the set like you just see them break down and they just can't help head banging a little bit wow and then afterwards they come up buy a record and it's like having that being a little fearless too like it takes it takes a little um confidence to walk out into a room to a bunch of like you know traditional skins and punk rock dudes and then play thrash metal in rhinestone suits but if you can like get over the hump of like not giving a fuck what anyone thinks because you know the set is really good, like you can win people over, man. Like, and that's how you fit in. At least for me, it's like have a crazy idea and then don't wow. be afraid to put yourself out there. Like, I don't care if it's we played with like Mind Force and Drain. Mm-hmm. That was our last show, like huge, like new Damn. school hardcore show. Yeah. So you play that, and when we play, like all the lights cut off, and it's like. We put on a show, so it's a totally different vibe than every other band. And then, you know, our next big tour will be with Sepultura, where it's like old school thrash legends, three of them. You know, it's like, and then us. So it's, I think it's important to try and, who wants to be in a box? You know what I mean? It's like, I want to be able to play with all my favorite bands. And I have such eclectic taste. Like, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. Like, you got to be able to like, you know? Yeah. So when you're playing with Agnostic Front, like you're talking like old school hardcore, like wait, what, like, and you're wearing what what you're wearing, and uh, what's like, you can you see like the reaction in their faces? Yeah, no one had ever heard of us because that was our second time to Europe, and like I said, we've only been playing shows for a year. So like, we went over Man. and did Bloodstock, and did a handful of shows in August, and then we did a U.S. tour with. Creeping Death and 200 Stab Wounds, mm-hmm. which that one, like, that's the new school, you know, like, new wave of old school American death metal thing going on, mm. which is also cool. But, like, those kids all come out of the hardcore scene to some extent, so there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. 
And then the agnostic front one, like, yeah, it's a total, it's an older crowd. And they had their whole run on Epitaph. So they have a lot of people that love, like, their melodic, like, anthemic songs. You know what I mean? So, like, we come out and there's not, it's just brutal, heavy shit. Dude, that's crazy. You've only been, like, your first record came out a year before this and you're already playing a, a European festival. Yeah, man. Crazy. Yeah, well, you guys are fucking nuts, dude. Well, and part of it, like, I was in old hardcore punk bands, like, and you just learn, like, if you want to be successful and, like, carve it out, you got to get to Europe. And so it's like you can wait two years or you can, like, go kick the door in. And so I just – that's one thing. As much time as I spend on the writing and creating all this stuff, like, you got to put yourself in the best position to succeed, you know? That's why a guy like Mike Gitter who – He's like me. He's always finding new bands. Always, like, dude. Like, that's another freak, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, a guy like that, like, that's my segue into getting distribution by Sony, you know? Get picked up, have them re-release the album that I released DIY, and then that's mm-hmm. how we were able to get to Europe, you know? So it's like those two things. It's like you got to know who books the bands you love. And, like, randomly Nick Storch hit me up because he loves Pagan Rhythms. So right then I was like... Random. I was like, that's the best guy. Like, if I could pick a booking agent, that would be the guy. And he's already, like, showing his cards that he loves my band. So then it's like, well, shit, if Nick Storch loves my band, this is going to be crazy, you know? You, like, you like manifested without even trying. I think part of it was because, like, I kind of knew... What to do if you had it popping, you know, like mm-hmm. from being around and knowing a lot of people and then not having like the, um, like I didn't need any of this to happen, but I was smart enough to like pay attention and be like, but if it was going to happen, these are the people that like you connect with and these yeah. are the things you do to go break a band, you know? Dude, that's like, uh, you just have like this natural quality because the question like you, like you get is like, it's, it, it's old. Like, you know, how do you get a man, manager guard? So how do you get, like, a booking agent? You're like, I don't know. You write you write a record that makes those people <laughs> fucking, like, when they hear it, go, yo. And then they call somebody and say, you hear this? It's the same thing. It's like, it happened. Dude. Like, it's not because I'm anybody's darling. Like, I'm not in the clique. I'm nobody's, mm-hmm. like, boy. So it's like the make a record. Like, that should be the most important thing. Instead of, like getting with your friends and putting out those five songs immediately for 1500 bucks it sounds like shit and you love it like take time man like make the art number 1 and then you'll it cuts through the noise yeah if you're willing to put in that that time yeah you know, the time and money when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because, like, I recorded Pagan Rhythms, like, all that's out of pocket. And, I mean, I spent the same amount on that that Century Media gave me for our next record, you know? So it's like... Whoa. Really? Yeah, I'm willing to, like... I believe that I can make a great record, and I knew to make a great record. Like, you got to get in the studio. It's going to cost you, like, 10 grand. Like, what if no one buys it? It's like, well, I'm out 10 grand, but I'll be proud of a record. And, like, no one... 
was pushing me to do these things. You know, there's no outside pressure. It was all just self-driven. So then when I put it out, like I sold out the first vinyl pressing like within months. So it was like immediately it's like, okay, the record's good, you know? Like you don't need hype if like the shit's good and it does it itself. You know what I mean? When the music does it itself. Yeah. Like the artwork and the music, like I don't know. And I and I realize that I like have a good career. And so I come from a place where like I could save up money and be like, I don't need help. Mm -hmm. I can write the whole thing. I can Mm -hmm. record it. I can pay for a pressing. And if I lose out, like, it'll suck, but I'm willing to do it because I need to make a record. Like, yeah. And I, I realize that's an incredibly, like, blessed position to be in. Yes. There's a lot, even like five guys sometimes can't figure out how to get three grand each to do their songs justice, you know? Yeah, man. You, you, just, you just had that freaking natural something, something inside you. I'm, I'm always kind of like, fascinating where does that shit come from i i don't i i don't know it's weird i don't think it's (laughs) i don't know you know people ask me and i don't think it's talent i think it's almost like a level of um it maybe it's like just like a love letter type thing you know it's like a like that pride maybe you know Mm -hmm. it's like if you're gonna make a record like what's stopping you from making a record as good as like your favorite indie label you know whether you're into like metal or whatever pick your favorite label if it's 20 bucks spin like how much do they spend on these records, you know? Yeah. They all use the same 20 engineers, the same 20 producers. They master sure. them. It's like nothing really truly separates you from any of that, at least in this day and age, you know? It's true. Like, so if you know what they're doing and you have good songs, like, why can't you make a record that immediately catapults your band? Like, the answer is you can. Just do the work, you know? Yeah, I mean, you put out, like, the first record being independent i just got it picked up by i mean literally like from a label from uh, a, a booking agent or people just want to work with you yeah you know it's crazy uh, let's death western the the cover Where james balsama from las vegas everybody that worked on the record all the artwork and layout are all my friends from vegas so like we went and ate tacos at, at, El, start. at El Puerto Mariscos, I sat down and I was like, "Here's the idea for the record. I want to mm-hmm. take because I wrote a, um, I wrote a book of short stories that came out with Pagan Rhythms. It has all mm-hmm. the characters. It's this big concept mm-hmm. between the records and the book. So I was just like describing the, um, the characters I wanted. I'm like, I want a 1960s like horror movie poster or mm-hmm. an old western where you take the characters and you just like. So basically, I just asked him to draw me a movie poster, and then he gave me some sketches and was like, "Jeez, man, what coloring do you like?" And he had—I got to post it, but we have like three or four of the other um, colorways and like the sketches. They're pretty cool, but I love the orange. I'm like, it fits, super man. bright, and it doesn't like doesn't Six look out. like anybody else. So I'm like, that's the one. Like. Big ass cowboy on it, smoking. Let's go. Sticks out. It fit. It fits the vibe. It fits. It, 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 man, it fits like the record title. Everything. Yeah, man. Dude, it's hard to get all those elements to align, and it's a fucking special thing when when all those things just fucking just line up. And it's it doesn't like I didn't like peg him to do the record. Actually, Gitter wanted. Um, he had this Frank Frazetta piece, and mm-hmm. I love Frazetta, and it was like a 
something from the seventies where it's like a it's like an Indian and a cowboy like tussling with the tomahawk like in the dirt. It's pretty violent. Like it's a great picture. Mm-hmm. And so we talked to the um, Frazetta's daughters that like handle his estate now mm-hmm. and got permission to license it because they won't license stuff to just anybody, you know. Yeah. And so on one hand, I was like, my older brother that plays bass loves Frank Frazetta, Death Dealer, all this comic book shit. Yeah. And so he's like, on one hand, shitting his pants. He's like, dude, you can get a fucking Frazetta. Do it. Do it. And like I wanted to. But then on the other hand, I was like, yeah, but it doesn't have the characters from like my book. Like mm-hmm. I want to get like somebody that can custom do it. And every artist I hit up was like, nope, can't do it. Not for that budget. Like, if you want an actual painting with all this, like, custom bullshit, fuck you. I'm not the guy. Mm. And then we played with Municipal Waste, and the guy, um, Tony, was like, oh, yeah, check this out, and showed me the cover of their last record, and it was my buddy from Vegas did it. I was like, fuck, I'll hit him. I was like, I'll fucking hit him up. And it wasn't their record. It was actually the tour art for the tour we were on. Yeah. He drew this, like, Minotaur with like a battle vest with all like the bands on like patches, just crazy shit. Yeah. And I was like, well, if he can do a fucking Minotaur with a bunch of heavy metal, like patches on it, maybe he can do my movie poster, you know? Yeah. You really combine like not only like music stuff, but like, yeah, like stuff from like, you know, film. Yeah. It would have been sick to do Frazetta, you know, like I love his style, but at the same time, like I, I do have this big, um, I like my own stuff. Like, I want to build my own, like, oh, mythology with my band. And it's, like, yeah. as cool as it would be to license that, everybody does that, you know? You pick a great artist, you license something, it doesn't actually fit with the subject matter. You're yeah. lucky if it does somehow, mm-hmm. some way, like, conceptually. Yeah. But sometimes that's random, you know? Sure. So, like, for me, like, the I really wanted to have just build my own shit, you know? That's always cooler to me, I think. Like it is, man. You gotta, yeah. I mean, you you want you want you want to be a leader. Yeah, he just did know? um, the new Frozen Soul that's coming out. He did the cover of that. I think they just released it on their new single that came out. I think yesterday. Really came out. Yeah, I, that that's another band name I, I heard about from uh, the uh, famous Mike Gitter. Yeah, Frozen Soul rules, man. What's their sound like? I don't. I, ne- I never jammed them. They're like old school death metal, like oh, um, little chainsaw, but like they're heavy as fuck. Yeah. And they're like all um, Texans, just like giant dudes. Um, they're great, man. They they fucking bring out a snow machine at some of their shows, make the lights blue. They yeah. have this whole like Whoa. fetish for um, everything cold. So like Frozen soul. cold school death metal, baby. Oh, just my logo. Okay, we're fucking serious, dude. Yeah, that's a new one. So that's serious. yeah. James did that one too. It's sick. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa. What What is going on there? What's What's happening? I don't want to. He showed me. We had lunch a couple weeks ago, and he showed me all the artwork. Oh. But I I'll let them reveal their. Uh, yeah, that's thing. fucking. They have. There's intense. some cool. Um, there's some cool stuff with that artwork that ties into it, like the front and back. It's tight. A full a, a full on like you know concept yeah it's cool man. I, I love that shit man when like there's like really thought put into it who mixed uh who mixed your last record sam pura he um engineered mixed and then we actually he was gonna master it and then um this dude alberto in um austin what were we doing we were um 
I think we were trying to see if anybody could beat his master because we had mm. a mastered version, and so we yeah. had two or three different people, um, like do a test master, mm-hmm. and this um, friend of Sam's, Alberto, just fucking crushed it, man. Sounds great. Yeah, it, it, uh, it reminds me of like a '90s like Colin Richardson mix. Exactly. You know, that, that's like the reference stuff that I was showing Sam. I'm like, dude, the old like. Like the Machine Head, um, all these like Roadrunner releases that came out. Colin R- R- so Richardson, good, yeah, yeah. Jay, look up Colin Richardson. I'm, I'm curious, like the records he did in like like the '90s, like so. Oh, fucking Bolt Thrower, Machine Head, he like, did Bolt Thrower. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, he rules, man. And he doesn't do a lot of Bolt interviews thrower. and stuff. Um, I wonder why he should. I don't know. There's very no little life. stuff, but. Um, He's got some incredible albums, man. Machine Head. What uh did he what uh what record did did he do? That, that Burn my early. eyes, man. Burn, oh, Burn my eyes, okay. And I think um I wanna say he's uh he's definitely like in England somewhere too, man. He is in England, yeah. He did Cannibal Corpse uh Bloodthirst. I know I know that because I, I always like kind of go on that record. When did when did Bloodthirst come out? That's 90s, right? I don't know what year that one was. Late 90s, probably? Bloodthirst has to be 90s. 99. Boom. Yeah. Oh, barely got it, dude. Barely got it. Yeah, that's a fucking Colin, Colin mix, man. Classic. Yeah. Um, I, I love those. Like the, uh, I love the big... when. The old industry when they had the majors and the bigger indies when they would spend two hundred grand on a record, you know, yeah. And it's like those are the ones that I can't get out of my head because it's like, like the classic like Ministry albums and mm. Fear Factory, Machine Head, mm-hmm. like Life Agony, even like Madball, like the bands that like were coming out on Roadrunner like in the nineties, like mm-hmm. the polish and the drum tones and the sounds. I'm just like, yeah. they're so fucking good, man. And it was all the tape. Like it was oh, in that yeah, transition where it was still like really nice studios, huge budgets, mm-hmm. and like those are the records where I'm like, in my head, I want to sound like that, but like modernized, you know, like just yeah. just pick my favorite parts of those productions. So it's um, yeah, I mean those are like the that's a dream, man. You know, make something that shits on Colin Richardson. Like, can you do that? Is that possible? Like, probably yeah. not, but like that should be the goal, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's nothing like a good fucking like sounding produced record. Yeah, and I love big ones. Like I'm not afraid of like the pop sound. So I like if you listen to Death Western and headphones, like there's a lot of space. Like you can hear like, and it's just really punchy and dynamic. Like I hate the compressed. Like a lot of records when you listen to them, it's just so compressed, and you just don't have like that that pop. You know, I like that. I like that big shit. You know. Yeah, there's like a big sonic difference from the first record to your second record. Yeah, and that's uh, like being critical, purpose. like the not having the time because Pagan Rhythms, like I paid for it and it was like good, but it was also like there's a lot of things. It's like, okay, out of money, out of time. Sounds good. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. And then for the next one, me and Sam were like, okay, we're going to fucking hit this one out of the park, you know? It's crazy how you, how you could go do like like the same person, but it will sound the next record will sound completely different. Yeah, it's, it's, it always kind of blew me away just by having like a couple like conversations prior, like a couple. The mixing, you know? the mixing um, on Death Western. I've never done it like this, but we did it remote 
where um, I would log in. He has a way to do a stream. So I'm hearing the sound that's coming out of his computer in the studio. Mm -hmm. And so for like a month, dude, like I would get off work. Like when he'd get in there, we'd spend four or five hours a day like just mixing the fuck you serious? out of Death Western. Like more time spent on that than like probably any other piece of the like recording thing. And it was like the last week. All that time, like we thought we had some good rough mixes. Mm-hmm. And then something happened in the last week where it finally like just happened where it's like, holy shit. And it just sounded incredible. And if we hadn't have spent that much time, like it wasn't there. It like it sounds crazy, but like all that tweaking out on it, thinking it sounded good, it was like the final like 10, 15 hours, it just came together. Like finally got the guitars to sit, the drums, everything where it was just like boom, that's it. That sounds like a lot of agony. It, horrible. That's why I can't listen to it. That's why, like, to, like, all that time listening to it, I'm just like, one day, 10 years from now, I'll revisit these and I'll yeah. probably love them. But right now, no. So, wait, you, so you mixed it remotely. So, so you, you hear what, what he's hearing yep. where, where you're at. Yeah. And I've never, never heard that in my, in my life. Dude. The COVID shit, man, like opened up a whole new world of doing things. At my job too, like I never worked remote before. I've always been like in construction type shit. Mm-hmm. And I moved into um, process management and I have a remote job now where it's like I do a lot of the things. I don't go in for meetings. I jump on Zoom and it's crazy. Like I'm virtual guy. Like, And I never uh, – my job didn't exist a couple years ago and it damn mm-hmm. sure didn't exist the way that we do it now, you know? Yeah. Same thing with mixing a record. So like all these like tech technology like weird things, I'll just kind of work in my favor too. Like dumb luck, because I couldn't have went up to the studio and spent that much time. Like no way. Yeah. But being able to knock out three or four hours, wow. You know, jump on sitting in my bed with my cat. Like you know, Jen would come walking in from work, and I'd be like headphones on, like listening to him, be like. No, bro, the fucking snare. It's like the snare. The snare needs to go up. And then you get the snare up and then you lose like the sure whatever it is. Like that's what we did day after day. It's like, this sounds good. This sounds fucked. This sounds good. This sounds fucked. You're fired. Bounce it down. Bounce it down. (laughs) And like that was another thing with the label where like everybody has an idea of like who should we have mix it? Who should we have do this? Mm -hmm. And I just, I already knew I was going to do the record with Sam. So I was a pretty bad creative partner for getter and like the label and everybody and our management because i'm like yeah 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 i love i love all the guys you're talking about when i'm done if you don't like the mix then we can have somebody else take a crack at it but like i got it don't worry you see that's always like the like the tough part which uh you know guiding through this like like when at one at what point do you like you allow you 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 listen to somebody and you know when not to listen. I, you got to go with your gut. And um, when you're younger, you think everybody knows they have this special experience, life experience, talent, and they know more than you. Mm-hmm. And I learned in my like business career and like in the band stuff, nobody spends as much time as I do with my stuff. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Like I spend thousands of hours on it and everybody else that ever like comes in with an opinion, mm-hmm. maybe they listen to the demos that I sent them to check out. Maybe mm-hmm. they listen to them three times. 
Yeah. I've listened to them a hundred times. Yeah. And maybe they've worked with like, like Arthur Risk. Um, I love his productions on like Power Trip. He did the new creator. Mm -hmm. Like there was a bunch of great guys that I would love to work with, like respect their work. But like me and Sam have a special connection of like making records that nobody else understands. And so I just had to Mm. like, you just got to be unafraid to go with your gut. That's it. And there's no wrong answer because it's art, right? Like you could have had five different guys mix it, but like you got to believe that you got to believe what you're doing is special, you know? And if something's that mm. special to you, like, I, I really believe, like, would you just have somebody that's never heard your band, like, come in at the last second to mix it? Like, mm. is that special? Or is it special to have the guy that, like, you recorded your demo, Pagan Rhythms, everything, that's like, that's your fucking boy yeah. that's got to spend a month mixing it because it's important and he knows how special it is for you to like get this record out. Yeah. Like to me, even if we would have fucked it up, like that experience in some ways means more than having like a named guy in the metal scene. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. It's like no one can do it for you. You just got to know when to take somebody's good idea and when to say, I got it, man. Like, just trust me. If I fuck it up, I'll own it, but I got this. Yeah, it's such a struggle, like, when, you know, like, it, the word ego comes to comes to mind. You know, yeah. it, it, is it, like, it, it, is it going with your gut? Is it ego? Is it your real vision? And is the ego off when you really stick to, your, like, stick to your, like, like, like your guns? Well, you that's know? the thing where you fuck it up. Like, if, like, if the record sounds really bad and, like, you don't hit it out of the park, but you're the one that's saying, no, no, I got it, I got it, I'm right. Mm-hmm. then it's probably ego and you're probably an asshole. You know, you probably should have oh, listened. Oh, yeah, You yeah. probably should have listened to somebody, but yeah, it's a fine line. Like It's a fine line, dude. Yeah, and you got to roll the dice too because it's so easy to mess up records, especially mixing oh, and engineering. Goodness, like everybody that's ever made a record knows like it's always about to just go off the cliff, you yep. know? It's like, damn, are we, are we about to break up right now? It's always <laughs> It's always going. Yeah, and I, I I just think that um, I'm in a lucky position where, like, I have a really close friend with a great studio that, like, we're trying to capture the same thing. And, like, this yeah. third record, like, we both have an even better idea of where we're going with it. So yeah. I think the leap from Pagan Rhythms to Death Western to the new one, like, when we're done, like, people will see, like, it's going to be a sonic, like, thing. You know what I mean? Which I think is cool. Like, not a lot of bands get to do that, where you have like multiple records with the same team, everybody 100% mm. like firing on all cylinders, trying to like crush it. Like, that's also a blessed place to be, you know? Yeah. It sounds like I just, you know, you have like this deep connection. Like, you, just, you found someone that like just shares like the vision and is trying to get what, what you have in your mind or, 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 what, or what you're hearing out. Okay, let's try and get this out into the speakers. Yeah, man. You know? And the other thing I really like about Sam is we do not like the same music. Like, oh, wow. Like, he loves new metal. Like, he's younger Explains than me, so he's, like, a big new metal guy. Nice. But he loves fucking pop music and, like, all kinds of shit that I don't listen to. Wow. So when he gets sense. excited about, like, an arrangement or, like, some of the production choices and he's, like, really geeking out over it, Sometimes I don't even know what he's talking about. Like, I can't even hear it. Like, he's one mm. of those guys that 
you know, can like hear and be like, oh, the overheads, the clarity and the there's like transient um, detail here. And I can't tell the difference. He's like A, B in with like some plug in on. And I'm like, dog, like, cool. I'm glad you're stoked because I literally can't tell the difference of what the fuck you're talking about. But Sick. he's like got the weird, he's got the geek thing, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I don't have that. I can't listen to something and be like, oh, you need to uh, knock out some 4K here, dog. Go ahead and notch the EQ. Like, I'm not that guy. So I have to like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You got to have a team, man. Especially like if you know you're not great at something, you know? So, uh, so there's trust there. There's, there's trust involved from, from your side. Yeah, and that that's a big thing, man. Like, you just got to say, I can't hear what he's talking about, but I know, I believe he knows what he's talking about. So do it, man. That's such a fucking hard balance, dude. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah. Because that could bomb, too, you know? Yeah, that's the dude, other thing. Like, oh, yeah, we definitely had that, yeah. It, but we also, um, we're real adamant about um, Thomas Pridgen played drums on the record, and he's incredible mm-hmm. drummer. But I didn't want to have like a bunch of samples on the snare or like sure. kicks that weren't ours. So like we did sample everything, but it's him on the fucking yeah. snares we used, tune different, whatever. But like we just blended all of our samples. And so I, I've i had a lot of people tell me like, oh, yeah, your drums are programmed and like just say shit like that. And I'm like, no, they're not, Shut motherfucker. Up. This is all like literally crazy performances captured. It's just like, you know, the way you do it, man. Isn't that like I'm not saying he like he started doing this, but isn't that like what Colin does? Like it basically like they like the performance is there, everything's mic'd up, and then you do like the like the sound re- sound replacing, so you get the sound, but you get the feel. Yeah, yeah, and it's like there's different. Um, I'm big into like I just geek out over production of records, like, Same. and I looked at a lot of like Tom Petty stuff that he did with Jeff Lynn. Where, um, like, that production style where instead of recording the entire drummer playing the whole kit, mm-hmm. it's like other people do it too. Like Eric Valentine did it on the um, Queens of Stone Age record, the one that Dave Grohl played on where it's mm-hmm. like don't play the fucking no hands, don't play the cymbals. And so they, like, track them differently. So Dave Grohl oh. doesn't know the songs and he's, like, playing by feel. So then when they go back and try and, like, comp the takes together it's almost impossible so like all those like little things i geek out over records and i'm like how the fuck did they get these drums like this like why aren't the overheads and the cymbals washy and it's like Mm. oh they recorded them separate that's why there's no like tom bleed or snare or kick it's like it's only the hi-hat being played and then they gotta match it up you know but it's not to the grid so like all those little things is what me and sam like connect we don't listen to the same type of music but we listen to the same productions, and like even if it's a band he doesn't like, I'll send him and shit and be like, "This production right here," and then we just break it down. Like, how the fuck did they do it? Google every person that worked on the record. Like, dude, just geek shit, man. That's that explains a lot, and you'll be surprised. I, I've I've uh, I've come to realize this. Realize this. Not a lot of people do the googling and. Sh- Finding names and names and what studio and where at and what and what yeah. year. A lot of to us is it's like, well, yeah, you were just doing it. You're just doing it, but a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, and I love that stuff. Like when yeah. I when I hear a band I like or a record I like, mm-hmm. like once the initial thing where I just listen to it and I'm just like, wow, this is great. 
then I'm like, how'd they do it? Who wrote all the songs? Who produced it? Who engineered it? What studio did they use? Who mastered it? Exactly. Then I'm like, well, who mixed it? Who mastered it? Like, so it's like this whole thing. It's like, I look at records more like, how do you make a movie where Mm -hmm. nobody talks shit on a director for bringing in a great cinematographer, Mm -hmm. even though that guy totally shapes the tone, color, like visual of the film, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes with music, people are like, oh, you write your song, but you're bringing in a producer that – I don't look at it that way. I'm like, the end result is important, and if you have yes. to get, like, specialized people to do it, like, I don't want to know, like, the recipe of the meal. I just want the meal to be banging. So, like – That's I, a good way to put it. Yeah, I take that approach, too. Like, if we've got to do some TD-ass shit, like, quad-tracking guitars, even though I fucking hate it because yeah. you have to just, you know – yeah. It takes the fun out of it, but yeah. how else are you going to get it that clean to where mm-hmm. the end result is in the ballpark of what I want, you know? Yeah. Which? So you go in, in into uh, songs or a record or concept where you have you, you have the vision first, it seems. Yeah. When, when you have the vision first and, have what, and what you have in your head first, and then you just try to execute. Yeah, like for this new record, like I know what it – like it's, it's going to sound weird, but like I know – it's going to be a darker, like it's a trilogy, right? So it's like mm-hmm. Star Wars. It's like this mm. is going to be like the dark cliffhanger. It's going to be a much darker record. But I also want to have like I want to start it with like some like horror movie, like real gothic things, rip mm. into a couple fast thrash songs. Then mm-hmm. I want to do like some sort of like bluegrassy, like country stuff mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of left field. But like I'm just mapping out the record so it's like, Side A, okay, I've got side A done. Now, mm-hmm. and everything has to be vinyl. Like for me, like when I think about a record, because I came up in that era where it's mm-hmm. like you got a side A and a side B. So side B, when you flip it over, it has to fucking punch you in the mouth. It has to be good. But it also, side B for like a metal band has to be as good as side A. You can't like have any mm. filler. So like. Wow, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a, I guess I'm a freak, but. Like I'm gonna, yeah. I map out the whole record, and then it's like, so what songs are actually in here? I'm like, I need three or four like fast, heavy thrash songs, and I've got two weird like kind of countryish rockabilly things I want to do, and then I've got an outro and an intro. It can't be over like 35 minutes because that shit's fucking too long. Nobody can listen to a record longer than that. So it's like, carve all that out, and then on the other hand, I've got like all these riffs where I'm just like looping drums, riffing, 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 and I'm like, now take those, carve those up. Where do they fit? Like, and I can't do that if I got to explain every step to like a homie and be like, yeah, here's this song. I'm gonna do this, and then they have their idea. Like, I have too many, too many like goals I have to set for like each song and like for the record. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's got to be like just in the trenches, like doing the work you're right man like uh you know i'm i'm definitely a big guy like i always tell people you know you gotta jam in a room together in a full band but you know what like you know meeting you know people like used to like it's not for everybody some people just work better alone and like i got a day job it's like if i only did music where like we could just hang out and play like it would be badass to like just play music with people all the time just for like to get that other like inspiration, like that weird stuff where the drummer hits like a groove you would never think mm-hmm. of, but like also got to be realistic. Like I work for a living, so yeah, like ain't got time, ain't got time, ain't got the money. Like so, got to do a uh, 
do it efficiently, you know? And time, too, yeah. When, when it's just you, which uh, you could just do so much more, and you don't have to worry about any bullshit around you. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this person uh, This person going to wake up at noon, so you got to wait. Let's fuck it. I can be really hard on myself. I'm way harder on myself than I would be to you. Like, if you showed me a cool riff, like, I'm a bit of a people pleaser, so I'd be like, it's cool, man. But, like, what I really want to say is, eh, not good enough. Your riff fucking sucks. Yeah, it's like, it could be <laughs> It could be there. If I were you, I would spend another, like, I would 10 more hours and then nice. come back. But, like, I'm not going to tell somebody that because yeah. I'm always way harder on myself. But, like, mm-hmm. working solo, it's like, I hear it and I'm like, it's not there. Fucking delete it. Like, next. Which, it's a lot easier for me to, like, self-critique yeah. than it would be to, like, build that trust and not hurt somebody's feelings or, like, sure. just cause a giant, you know... Shit show, you know what I mean? Man, it sounds you know you're you're just putting hours in, hours. Yeah, man. So it's, it's no shortcut. But you know, I love doing it. So it's like that's the other thing that I think separates the men from the boys. Like, mm. are you inspired? Like, do you love what you're doing? Because that's mm. going to come through. Like, you can't fake that. You know. True. And you're uh you have a trilogy of uh, videos for uh. Death Western, like uh, you, you also come up with the concept of the videos as well. Though, so the videos, a lot of that visually, the story stuff is a f- old friend of mine from high school that has been doing film stuff the whole time, like as a career. So like all these sick ass videos, um, they kind of fit into the world. But this is all my buddy Todd, like and all his friends that work like on a super low budget, and I tell them like the basic premise. And then he's just like, what can we do? Can we burn down a church? We really wanted to burn down a church, but, like, we couldn't get the permits to, like... <laughs> couldn't find the permits. Yeah, because it's a whole thing. And so, like, all the things that you see in these videos are, like, we have really big, crazy ideas, and it's like, how do we how do we do it? And then it's just same thing with Sam. It's like, this is one of my, like, super close friends that loves my band, loves the vision, mm-hmm. and, like, gives a shit. So it's like, our videos are going to look like... They're going to look like we spent 10 times more. They look incredible, dude. Yeah, man. I like film stuff, too. So it's like, I don't want to be in a band that does a video where it's four guys in a dark room playing in a warehouse. Like, to me, I'd rather... Curse off, probably. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not that's not it's what not, I'm here for. Like, yeah. I want to do a video where it's like, people watch and they're like, what is this shit? Like, is this a movie? So you got... So first, you start with the premise, and obviously, you, you take it to the... The pros and hey, let's try this and then let's yeah, just, yeah. and then try to execute. And then a bunch of our friends, like everybody in these videos, is just like friends of friends that like oh wow are super talented. That like um, in Vegas we have a big showbiz. Like there's a lot of people that work on the strip, so like we have people that you know are circus performers. Like um, the actress right there is like a contortionist professionally. Like, Holy. and so we knew she was on board. So it's like, let's make her a demon. We'll kill her and then have her come back to life. And she does all this crazy, Whoa. she can like bend in half. So it's like, I could never come up with that. But when you yeah. know you have a world-class contortionist that like is one of the best in the world that works at Cirque, it's like, yeah, there you go. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. It, I don't know, man. It's cool. Like all that artistic stuff. It's like when you get up for 10 years putting steel toes on, working construction, and then, like, over here, like, the creative part, 
you just can't express it because you don't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. When you get the chance to do it, like, fucking go hard, you know? Do it. Like, it's your band. Like, everybody's got a guitar in a basement. Like, but this is my shit. So it's like, I want to do stuff that I'm inspired. Like, I want my video to be like, you know, crazy. Well, that's, that's, a, that's accomplished. Yeah, man. It's, it's so important how everything needs, needs to line up. Like, the music needs to be there. Like, the vision and, and the videos and the artwork. You got it. Dude, and you fucking did it. That's the thing that's like, um, when you look back at it, like being prolific is like one thing, but if the stuff is good, if you never relent where you're like, every piece has to be good, mm-hmm. then you can like truly be proud of your stuff, you know? You don't have any any of that cringy shit where you're just like, uh, we phoned it in. And then excuses, no money, no time, whatever. But when, when you when in deep, you know, deep, like when you phone it in and then you make excuses later, you do. And you that's the stuff that, like dude. I learned that the hard way. And like one part of me is like, never again, like shit's got to be never again, never like it's not worth it. I'd rather not mm-hmm. do it than to phone it in, you know? Well, Stu, uh, spray world's badass. Thank you, you man. Know, uh, yeah, I think we should end it on, on a high note. You know, I, I, uh, I, Appreciate you making the drive down from my Vegas. You got a, you got a sick ass show tonight. Yeah, playing with the a deathcore band. My boys have sulfur, baby. Do you man, you guys could play any show you want. Let's go flyer. Holy moly, dude! You guys could play with Agnostic Front and then play the uh, Affliction Studio in uh, Still Beach. Yeah, why not? That's man? that's that, that's the dream, dude. Not not many bands could do that. It's, it's a, fucking badass. Like I said, it's a blessed place to be, man. Build your band and your project how you want. Like, don't don't get put in a box. You know? Fuck no. Well, Stu, where can people find uh, you, the uh, band? Where yeah, where where should people go? Shit, um, Instagram basically. I don't. Uh, our guitar player's doing it for me. Cool. So Spirit World Profit and Instagram, and then uh, our web store's down for merch, but. Um, we're about to open it back up with somebody doing fulfillment. So spiritworldprofit.com will have cool. all the merch. Give it a week or two. Nice. I don't know when this comes out, but yeah, man. Then we'll be on the road. Like The road, dude. That's it. Come out to a show, you know? All right, Steve. Thank you for, for your time. Uh, can't wait to see the show tonight. I'm stoked. Yeah, man. Stoked, all right, man. All right, everyone. That's it. Later. <laughs> <laughs>